The Old Testament reading for this morning and the place where we're going to spend a little time together is Isaiah chapter 43, beginning at the 16th verse. This is what Isaiah wrote. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down and they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. For behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me. The jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O Creator God, you prepare a new way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Help us to recognize your hand working signs and wonders beyond our wildest imaginings. Open our hearts to be transformed by the new things that you are doing so that our very lives might proclaim the extravagance of your love for all of us in Jesus the Christ. Open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. Louisa Tarkington writes, and I quote, I wish there were some wonderful place in the land of beginning again, where all our mistakes and all our heartaches and all of our poor selfish grief could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never be put on again. I'd like to just hold on to that for a moment or two. You know, Isaiah, in our lesson for this morning, informs us at first glance that God is asking God's people to be forgetful. And this memory lapse was to take place right smack dab in the middle of a national crisis which certainly threatened to put an end to the people of God. But just as suddenly, God seems to contradict God's self, and in the middle of asking God's people to forget, God suddenly wants them to remember. God asks them to remember God's mighty acts in their past. They were, in essence, to relive the Exodus, remind themselves of God bringing them up out of Egypt, the victory over Pharaoh's army, and God's faithfulness in leading them through the wilderness and making of them a community. They were to remember, for that memory would remind them in the middle of their exiled despair that God was there. And folks, I think we are also called by God to remember 
God wants us to remember in the middle of our loneliness, our worry, our uncertainty, our sin, that God is there. Like ancient Israel, I believe that we are called to remember and believe. And then God wants them and us to remember to forget. It's almost as if God offers a huge contradiction here. God has told people to remember their past, to remember God's mighty acts. And then in the next breath, God tells the people to forget what God just told them to remember. And I think Isaiah is simply saying, now forget all of what is past. And in order for the people of Israel and us to be truly open to God, I think we must experience forgetfulness. And the forgetfulness that God called for was a forgetfulness of things past, both good and bad. I think the Apostle Paul seemed to have this sense of this when he wrote in Philippians, I quote, forgetting what lies behind and striving forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal. That's the spirit of this. And I think God is saying the same thing to us today. Forget those things that are behind you. Don't let the sins of yesterday haunt you. Also, while you're at it, go ahead and forget all your good deeds, too. Don't brood over past victories or recent failures. Don't let your past control your present or take away from your future. I think Isaiah is not really calling us to forgetfulness, but I think Isaiah is warning us not to tie God down in the past. Jesus, who walked onto the pages of history about 2,000 years ago now, was raised from the dead. And folks, I'm here to tell you this morning, we're not there yet, but the tomb is still empty. Christ is risen. So we must look at what God in Christ is doing right now, this very moment. The church down through history and God's people in all ages have remembered what they thought was important. But in the process of the shared memory, the tendency has been to forget God's presence in their shared now. And when this happens, and it does a lot, I think, the church forgets that it is located in a world that desperately needs to see God's presence. And instead of focusing on God who is present and active now, the emphasis is often on God's activity somewhere in the past. There are simply some things that we need to remember to forget. But the church must continually guard against remembering the past to the neglect of locating God in the present. God's presence is never limited to the past. We believe that God is yet active in our everyday world in ways that help shape our lives. Let us remember those things that are essential. And then, God informs the people that God's about to do a new thing. And the sign of this new thing is that God is going to make a way through the desert. God is going to send the exiles home, back home to Jerusalem. And they are not to worry about the journey, even though they have to cross the desert. For God will provide water 
a river in the desert. And Isaiah sees God providing a new exodus, a way out, a new salvation, a homecoming, freedom from the bondage of the Babylonians. And in a way, folks, the whole world was in exile, wrapped up in the grip of sin and death. And we know that Jesus came in the fullness of time to set God's captives free. God has done a new thing in Jesus the Christ, and it never grows old, and it is always springing forth brand spanking new. So I've got to ask you this morning, what do you need? What do you need? Do you need to be set free from a past that haunts you with memories of sin and failure? I want to tell you this morning that God has provided a way out in Jesus. God wants to release you from the things that have held you hostage in order to release you for service in the kingdom. What do you need God to do for you? Are you afraid of death? Jesus died for you so that you might live. God in Christ has provided life for you now and forevermore. What do you need? Do you want God to set you free from darkness? God is light and in God is no darkness at all. God is already a victor over all the darkness which threatens to destroy you. God has triumphed over evil to give us victory. And what do you suppose is the greatest need of the church? I think the greatest need of the church is to be set free from crusty, worn-out, old traditions. And when this happens, the church will once again be empowered to return to making and maturing disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So our old words for new days this morning are rivers in the desert. God really wants to do something new with you. Do you not perceive it? It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Your sins are forgiven. Do you not perceive it? A life free from bondage. Do you not perceive it? God's refreshing spirit quenches every dry, deserted corner of your soul. Do you not perceive it? A beautiful death birthing a life of love, joy, peace, and hope. Do you not perceive it? I encourage you this morning to simply let your old self die an invigorating death. Because your new life is waiting. It's waiting. To God be the glory. Amen.